You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, the podcast for marketing professionals in higher education. Join us every week as we talk to the industry's greatest minds in student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where marketing in higher ed is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I'm Troy Singer. And I'm Bart Kaler. Today's episode has us chatting about enhancing donor engagement and campaign efficiency in higher ed through digital storytelling and AI with Josh Klingman. He is the CEO of StoryRaise. But before we talk to him, I want to take a moment to talk to all of our listeners, especially those who choose to leave a five-star review like RK1977, who said, As someone that is a seasoned marketer but newer to higher ed, I am amazed at the quality of content and flow of the show. Bart and Troy, get to the heart of the most compelling things people in higher ed need to be aware of to help their institution move forward. The podcast is fun to listen to and super actionable. Wow, that's pretty cool. Thank you, RK1977. Those reviews are really mean a lot to us. Troy and I are really grateful for all of you that listen and leave reviews like that. And actually, I don't know if you knew it, but reviews actually help others find the show. So if you could leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, you know what? If we get one and we like it, we might even read it here on the show. So also be sure to subscribe. It, It just takes a second and it really means a lot. Thank you, Bart. Now, moving to our guest today. His name is Josh Klingman, and he is the CEO of StoryRaise, which he's going to give us tips and tactics on how to have more efficient and robust donor engagement through AI. Yeah, I really like the, the episode. Josh does a great job of kind of outlining all those tools that they're developing there at StoryRaise, their yearly platform, their campaigns platform. And uh, as you know, Troy, being somebody that's excited about AI and excited about new, new tools, this is a really fun episode for me. I agree. Fun and informative. Here's our conversation with Josh Klingman. Hi, Josh. As I think you know, we love to start our episodes out by asking our guests to share something that they may have learned recently that would fall into the fun or interesting category. It is your turn to offer up what you have. <laughs> I didn't realize that AI was going to affect my day-to-day job at work as, as much as it is. Uh, it's really turning everything upside down and for the better. And I just see it as opportunity to let our customers work faster. Uh, this goes from simple discoveries I found for how you can manipulate images and, and make them more fun to how you can just work faster with your yeah. writing. I've kind of erased this whole fear of how it may take over things that I'm doing to, hey, let's work together to just help us all move move faster in a, in a positive direction. That's awesome. That is great. Josh Klingman with Story Raise, and he has agreed to come onto the podcast to give us some tips and also some advice on how to uh, enhance campaigns uh, for your donor engagement efficiently and utilizing AI. So thank you very much. If you could please give us a little bit of information about StoryRaise before we get into our conversation. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Troy and Bard. StoryRaise is a platform for nonprofits and schools to create impactful storytelling while creating digital annual impact and donor reports, campaigns for social media, email and direct mail, and creative services. Thank you. And as we talk about improving donor relations and creating impactful digital storytelling, utilizing reports, and I know that's something that you are very experienced in and others might not understand what exactly that means. So if you can please give us some of the key elements about designing, engaging, and user-friendly digital reports for donors. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about that storytelling element so that you can show off your your organization or your school's impact that the donors are helping you to create. So I always advise to start with thinking about what is it you want to accomplish, which is usually saying thank you and showcasing how those funds or that time or that that interest that donors and other stakeholders like board members and volunteers are helping your organization uh, move forward with. So, you know, you think about that community impact that is being made because of, you know, a popular stakeholder or important stakeholder like donors, and think about how you want to lay out reports to show that off. So that usually comes in the form of annual reports or impact reports, but we also see a lot of organizations that are creating, um, you know, uh, recaps of events or, Mm. Um, reports that are specifically personalized to uh, donors or reports for their board um, and just packaging up in a thoughtful way that that says thank you and shows that impact. I'll tell you, I've seen a lot of reports that are really good with getting real and getting authentic. I think that's where the storytelling is really most powerful. If your organization put a playground in the community, you don't have to talk about how great the playground is. You could talk about how Little Johnny and Little Susie are most affected by this great new playground that's in the community because your donor dollars helped put it there. And before they were doing X, Y, and Z. And now look at this change that's happened because of you. So let's talk a little bit about that, Josh, if you don't mind. Because I'm thinking about, you know, that's a good example. You've got this uh, playground that's going in that's, you know, it's fact, but you're using the stories to get the emotion going. So how do you really identify and choose those most compelling stories that that's going to resonate with your donors that I think honestly, as higher ed marketers, that's a key that we need to understand for all of our communications, whether it's a donor report or whether it's a, you know, view book. Talk about that. Yeah. You got to collect those, those stories, whether they're user generated content pieces or stories that you found all throughout the year. And I think there's different ways to to do that, to understand, let's use alumni as an example with colleges and universities and really have a grasp on where they are now and who's willing to thank and attribute the school as a staple in how they became successful. I saw an impact report come from Cornell where they did a great job highlighting their agri-food sciences work. And they took different entrepreneurs that graduated from Cornell University and showed where they are now with the different foods that they're producing and how they package them up and how it's great for New York and how it's great for them. And they attribute Cornell in doing that. So, you know, there's alumni that are probably talking on your social media channels or connected to you in other ways, Mm -hmm. picking out those stories that already exists, especially so you don't have to panic with the content one month before you need to create it, save it throughout the year 
And there's a great platform out there called called Memory Fox that you can yeah. use to store those types of stories. We had them on the podcast. So oh, yes, you we did. did. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they you know they created a way for you to really kind of save those stories so that you yeah. remember it. And then when you're going to create these stories throughout the year, you have that great content saved away. That's and great. It, and I, it comes across as authentic too. Oh yeah. And I think that the, the idea with Memory Fox is you've got the videos or they can they can do video or they can do audio or they can do text. I mean, they can whatever they're most comfortable with. And I think that's a, I'm glad you mentioned them because as you were talking, I was like, oh, I ought to mention Memory Fox, but you, you did it for me. So that's awesome. But I think that it goes back to the fact that you've really got to have those compelling stories. And one thing that I discovered, I, I was working with the school and and we were talking about you know, alumni outcomes as for kind of admissions. It's the similar type of thing that you're, you're looking for those donor stories and, and you're looking for outcomes too, to be able to show that for donors. Sometimes we need to show that for admissions as well. One tip that I gave people was like, you know what, if you go to your LinkedIn page of your university, LinkedIn does this amazing job where they collect all of your alumni. If they've identified in their education that you, they've come That's to your right. school. And so you can do a you can do a search within the alumni that have identified your school. And I'll tell people, I'm like, you want to have an outcome for your pre-med program. They're like, yeah, but alumni doesn't have any names for us. And we're just really bummed. We just, we're never going to do anything. I'm like, okay, let's take five minutes. And I showed them how to go into LinkedIn and do a search. I'm like, okay, here's 10, here's 10 students that are doctors now that went to your school and for undergrad. And they're like, wow, we don't know those people. I'm like, well, now's the opportunity to reach out and learn to that. And I think it's the same thing. I mean, sometimes I think that, oh, we don't have those stories. We just don't know them. Sometimes you got to dig and go find those. Is that kind of what you find with, with your different clients too, that you've got to actually do some work, not only do the work of saving them in a tool like Memory Fox, but getting creative and not just saying, well, we don't have it. We'll just need to move on. Yeah. And it's also okay to use the, use those stories over and over in different types of uh, marketing and fundraising assets as you go along and then uh, use it until it's kind of tired because these stories are hard to find. I, I worked at a, a national nonprofit focus on youth development. And um, I was working on brand and marketing for, for 10 years there. Once we found really great stories, we find uses for them over the course of years sometimes if they really drove the, drove the message home. I, I saw a report come from actually on, on yearly by StoryRaise, our platform to create reports coming from the University of Miami Medical School. And there was a doctor that created some sort of monitoring device that you put on after um, a knee replacement and it's tracking all these different things. And that's a great story about something that was developed and was introduced into the marketplace that tied in nicely to the school that was really interesting too. I mean, that's the other thing. They got to be really interesting stories and shows the passion. And that's how I think the authenticity comes out. That gets the audience to read. And if they're reading it, they're engaging with the brands and then they're more likely to do what you want long-term. They'll come back and read the other stuff. So that's a big part of it, part of it too. Don't, don't just take any story, find interesting ones like the ones we're mentioning here, or at least we all think they're interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just want to, before we go on, just one, pull out one thing you just said there is that, I mean, you said interesting stories that people are going to read, which I think a lot of people think, oh, donor report. It's a, it's a written report, but you just mentioned yearly, which is one of the products of, of story raise. I know that there, because it's digital, there's a lot of ways that you can deliver that content. It can be written. It could be audio, it can be video, it can be, I mean, there's a lot of different ways. So what are some of those you know, best practices in being able to better tell those stories? I mean, if we have the ability to use digital, which we all do, whether it's 
through a tool like Yearly or whether it's on the on our websites or through our email, what have you found is kind of the most effective ways to do storytelling these days? Short format, web-friendly, mobile responsive, and a little interactive. So let me go through that. One way you could do it is write a whole diary and long format text about what's going on. But most people probably don't want to read that. So it's nice to think about a layout that complements you know, a little bit of text, a little bit of, you know, uh, photos. But if you're going to go through the process of creating a digital or web-based report, there's your opportunity to have something that is a little more interactive. So if there's a, a video about the story that you're telling, and it can, it could tie in specifically to that story, or it could just be a general uh, message that you've already created that could live, you know, within the same page as these stories that you're telling. It just gives an opportunity for people to spend more time reading the report and engage it, engage with your your brand. I'm thinking of an example I saw from the University of Michigan Alumni Association. Mm -hmm. They created a really nice impact report, and they were telling a story about various things that were going on with the program, and they had a video that they were using elsewhere, and they embedded that within the report. Oh. And it broke it up. It looked nice. They didn't have to create something additional for the report, so they were recycling content. And at the end of the day, it's mobile responsive. So, you know, most of those donors are opening up the report on their cell phone or an, even an iPad. And no matter where you open it, it's a really nice, engaging experience. And I think that's part of that web-friendly look and feel. And then people all of a sudden don't feel like they're reading this 32 or 36-page uh, report you printed out and slapped on their desk at the end of a meeting. It makes it fun. Yeah, it's more interactive. That's great. Yeah. So along those lines, talking about the report, are there ways that you can measure the success or impact of this storytelling effort that you are doing on behalf of the institution or the nonprofit? Yeah, I think that return on investment for projects, especially annual impact reports for for schools, is is one you want to track pretty closely because you spend so much time and effort doing it. When I was making reports... Myself, I mean, we were a team of probably a dozen people. We had outside help, too, on top of that, just to come up with the content and the ideas and all the logistics. So when you're done with it, you want to know if it worked well so that you can repeat the same thing next year or, or move on to you know, a different, different strategy. Uh, so I think that there's um, value in thinking about what you want to get out of the report. And if that's knowing that it was engaged with, and knowing that your thank yous were well-received, um, that's one thing. With our platform, we are really big on showing those metrics in terms of how much time donors are spending using the report. Some colleges and universities and larger foundations like to personalize reports too. So if you think about personalization, where you can automatically you know, have people's names and different stories going to different types of donors, you really want to, if you're going to put in that effort, you really want to spend the time to see how much time even individual donors yeah. spend reading the report. So if you have a donor that gives a million dollars to your school, you can then see if what you created for them was being read, how long they spent with it, and really track that. You can couple that with donations that come as a result of that, or maybe even through that report and keep tabs on that. So I, I love that. Know. And I love the fact too, and Josh, you and I talked about it when we first met, I've done enough annual reports in my career, you know, for, for nonprofits, for schools, for 
even other areas where one of the things that always kept me up at night was the idea that, okay, we're getting ready to have this, you know, skid of, of annual reports delivered to the mailhouse. And out of all the, you know, thousands of names that are listed in the donor file, somebody's is probably misspelled. Tell me a little bit about that because I mean, obviously going to digital, you have the ability to correct something even after it's released. Is that true? Yeah. And it's easy and hopefully you could do it before they even notice. I, <laughs> I, I had someone tell me once, listen, we've gone through 25 rounds of edits with our design partners and we're going to print. This is, you know, 15 yeah. years ago. It's a big, a big document, this annual report. There's going to be one typo on it and, you know, and it's okay. So don't stress about it. I think they were just trying to make me feel better because I was yeah. in charge of the project. In this digital world, yeah. I mean, you can correct it and do that on the fly. I think that also speaks to the ease of, of creating spinoff reports. And I like this concept of a spinoff report because it says, hey, here's your main annual report. And then you can have different impact reports talking about your different programs throughout the year and different donor reports. But the like the look and feel of what you originally created and the and the content can largely stay the same. You're just kind of duplicating from there. And then as you go, you could just edit and, you know, change your, you know, change your, your content if you make a mistake, but quickly right. edit and tweak from there also, even if you just want to change up the content a tiny bit. I love that. That's great. I say this with a smile because I'm going to throw up the softball to the both of you and kind of get <laughs> out of the way, but would love for the both of you and... I'd like Josh to start out to talk about how you, you how are you utilizing AI to enhance the creation of the donor reports? And Josh, you and I both know that AI is something that Bart is very passionate about, and we're always looking for better ways to tell our listeners how they can execute it and implement it and utilize it to further their ability to do their day-to-day activities. So do you have anything that you can suggest or what are you doing in that regard? Yeah, there's a lot of great tools out there to help you to move faster. I mean, things that we've noticed from our, you know, story raised customers that are creating reports specifically fall in the in the bucket of wanting to create content faster, wanting to design faster, wanting to make um, some images where they would have to supplement stock photography faster. So we have features we've developed that help you do Mm. just that. So if you need to write a letter from the head of uh, the organization, you know, thanking everybody for a great year, you can tell AI within, you know, our solution to, to do that and be specific. And I think where, where most people need help is with those prompts. So we try to give, you know, narrow suggestions on what you could be doing. And then I don't think the job's done there. I mean, you could say, write a story of impact showing, you know, X, Y, and Z from the year, it gives you a running head start and then it gives you ideas and then you can edit from there. Um, And then as you type, you can automatically generate images that go along with that copy and build charts too. So instead of, you know, tinkering around Excel, you could just say, I need to show my revenue and expenses for the whole year for this um, Giving Tuesday project. And you just kind of type in high level what you want and the, the AI charts will build it for you. What we most recently are putting out is along the lines of AI for campaigns. And that's all about building fully baked social media, email, and direct mail campaigns using AI. So when it comes time to promote gala capital campaigns, um, end of of year giving, you're going to go out there, you're going to create 
social media and email and maybe direct mail, creative and copy and calendars and content briefs and all that work. And we're trying to help the in-house marketing and fundraising teams still do that. Just do that with a lending hand using AI and do that faster. So that's kind of new for us too. That's great. And I, I would just add too that, I mean, obviously you guys have uh, the story raised in the yearly and several of your campaigns, your, your platforms are kind of built on that. I would just offer a couple ideas out for our listeners too, if they you know, don't have access to those tools or, or they're just trying to get out some other ideas. I mean, there's tools like Runway and, and Adobe Premiere and Adobe Photoshop that are doing generative AI visuals. And so the idea that you could take a photograph of, of you know, something that you want to reflect, or maybe you've got a photo, you can actually turn that into a video. And there are just some easy visual tools out there that will allow you to do that, can kind of create that, you know, that little bit of extra spark because it is digital. All of a sudden, what you've got that awesome photo that you have of the president, you can actually make that come to life for a few seconds. And so there's things like that that I think are creative ways to look at this. I would even say some of the interesting things I've seen is with Photoshop, you can actually take a you know picture of your campus and change it from the season. So you could say, hey, here's our main campus quad in our hall and now show it in winter. And I mean, obviously you need to be in a winter area. You wouldn't want to show University of Miami like that, but <laughs> you can you can generate that type of edits to some of the existing assets that you might have that could present in a fresh way. Yeah, wouldn't that be like a cool and fun way to promote on, on social media too? Yeah, right now, like, you know, personally on the side, I'm trying to figure out how I can take the Burger King jingle on YouTube for my son and make his voice sounds like he's singing it in the commercial. Oh, yeah. And then I started thinking, oh, how can I use this to promote, you know, the great stuff our customers are are using in some creative way. And showing Miami with snow actually might turn a few heads and actually <laughs> get somebody to open up the report. That's that's an awesome idea. So tell me a little bit. I mean, you talked a little bit about campaigns. So unpack that a little bit because I'm pretty fascinated with that. That that's a tool you have. I'm thinking about Chat GPT and Claude and things like that. And and as you said, the the keys in the prompt engineering, but not everybody has the time to learn the prompt engineering and there's different literacy levels in AI, but they're kind of like, Hey, I know I need to use it, but I don't quite know how to use it. But now their ears are perked up because Josh talked about this thing called campaigns. Explain that because I think there might be some really interesting things in there. Yeah. Well, uh, let's start with, I mean, how it's done the old way, which is how most people do and how I would probably oh, yeah. gone and done it a few months ago, which is I I'd say, all right, well, I have this campaign coming up and I need to talk to my audience. So let me put together a marketing plan and I'd say like what I, kind of campaign would be an example. Yeah, let's say let's say it's a capital campaign, right? Okay. Uh, you know, 10 million dollars that need to be, you know, needs to be raised for x y and z on the campus with the school and I'm going to go to a certain segment of donors as part of that campaign. I'd probably want to talk about it on social media. I probably want to send emails and let's say for donors that give, uh, you know, $100,000 and up every year or planning to give this year, I'm going to also do a direct mail campaign. So I'd sit down and I'd write a, you know, kind of a creative brief within a marketing plan and figure sure. out exactly what I'm going to go and do. Then I would go to our communications team, or maybe I have a graphic designer on my fundraising or marketing team on the campus, or I have an advertising agency partner. Um, and I'd put together all the, the creative and all the copy. And then, you know, with social media specifically on top of the, let's say the images that you'd have there, you're going to want to also include the copy for what you'd write right. on your LinkedIn post, for instance, right? And then I'd want to go as part of this marketing plan is create a calendar and figure out, all right, well, I have 10 assets I'm going to 
post. I'm going to send three emails. You know, here's what I'm going to do on every day. And I put that together um, manually. And that's how and there's I a lot it. of people I, saying I'm right in the middle of that right now. And I've been working on that for the last six months. Yeah. And I think that for really custom work, you still want to get help. And that's something we do too. I know you do also. Yeah. And, and that's a great, that's a great route. I think that's what you can kind of do more recently because of AI is put some of those pieces together and maybe generate some images or go to chat GBT or even, you know, paid versions of those types of tools and then get help with writing what those social media posts look like, what the emails sure. look like. What we've put together is thinking through like, well, what if there were just a few questions that we can ask schools, nonprofits and foundations? Um, like, what kind of campaign do you want to make? And you click that capital campaign and ask a few leading questions. And because we have them, at, we have their brand information as a customer already, like logo, their colors and their fonts, they could click a button from there. And then it generates everything that I just talked about oh, right wow. away. And then you can go and edit it from there. Sure. So that's really about moving much, much faster. And it still has to be spearheaded to make sure it's like in line and approved with your, your school's communication, your school's communication department, right? It looks right. You'll want to tweak some messaging from there, but you're getting a giant head start. Well, and what I like about that too, Josh, is that I'm just thinking about all the different campaigns that might be asked of the advancement department over the course of the year. So obviously capital campaigns, a big one year end giving's a big one, but then yeah. I'm thinking about, okay, we're doing the college of agriculture is doing the golf outing. Well, it's a smaller campaign and it's hard to justify putting the team or bringing the ad agency or doing these things for, you know, a camp, a, a golf outing that they're going to raise, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on, or, or maybe it's uh, you know, some other small, small event. Maybe it's a networking group that they're going to do, but they need to get that campaign put together. From what you're just telling me is that I could go into this campaigns tool and, you know, generate something like that, even if it's for a small golf outing or a small networking event, and it would generate all those assets that we just talked about. First of all, I've worked on a college of ag golf uh, tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and well, then, and then it, and I was about to tee off in, a, in Maryland and it it was through the University of Maryland and a huge thunderstorm came in and they and the, and then we couldn't go out. Oh. And that was, but we went inside and we ate and they had a raffle and all that great stuff yeah. too. Actually, golf campaigns is one of them that will have uh, seated in there as a theme. And then you kind of pick, you know, within your brand look and feel how you want it to, how you want that to actually look. And then there's this other category too, which covers all those other smaller ones that you might not want to spend all this time doing. So you could just really quickly get the same thing out of it. So love that. That's great. Yeah. I would also like to know, are there any ways that you can enhance personalization with this outreach through AI? Yeah, I mean, one thing that we do today is offer the option to create digital reports for donors using personalization and automation. Hook up to a CRM or just upload a spreadsheet, and then you could have some donors that, let's say, gave an annual gift versus a donor that gave to um, just the College of Arts and Sciences. Mm -hmm. And you can tell them different stories. So not only is it personalized with their name on it, but the technology can allow one story to go to one type of donor and another story to a different type of donor. You don't have to create two reports. You're just within the you know, creative, you're just creating one story and another one. And you're telling the technology, when you send this to this donor, tell this story. When you send it to this other donor, tell this story number two. It talks to your CRM or your spreadsheet, and then you can just create one URL and 100,000 people will get a different version of the report. 
when it comes to campaigns, I guess that's sort of the next step for us is implementing that same concept there and getting personal. Uh, but of course, when you create an email, you know, an email campaign, and even right now using AI, and then you take it over to your email, it'll still say, dear Troy, dear Bart, dear Josh, because that's like the simplest form of these variations that we've been used to right. now for years. Yeah. And I think that idea too of, and I, I like the fact that you keep going back to the fact that it's more than just personalizing the name. It's personalizing the content. It's personalizing maybe even the uh, gift ask. You know, if you're, if you're sending out a, a, an ask through your digital you know, report and you, you're not going to start with the, with the stratification of $5, $10, $50, if you're sending out to your, you know, your major donors. And so, and you're also going to recognize that your major donors are not going to click a button for $500,000 for their credit card. Being able to change that language up on what that ask is at the end of the report, I think is really critical in the way that personalization can actually be very tactically strategic. Yeah, we have one customer that's a large university, and they did just that with the personalized reports, also created a general report, and they all have slightly different messages thinking about their audience, because you can really segment it out. You're also not going to um, tell the same story to million-dollar donors as you are to $100 donors, and there certainly could be overlap, but I think technology just allows that type of stuff to just be done easier, where... If it was a couple of years ago, the manual work would just take, you know, someone's full-time job for an entire year, just even thinking about this conversation. And now you can just sort of set it up to move, to move fast. Yeah. Cool. Before we move on, I just want to ask you one question, because as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about my experience in, in advancement marketing. And certainly, like you said, you've got the hundred dollar donors and what you're doing, but those million dollar donors, I mean, are, do you have schools that are kind of, you know, taking the iPad to the home and, and actually showing the digital report on the iPad because, and it's a personal engagement with the prospectus. Are they using it that way? How are they using it when it comes down to that face-to-face, you know, with a, with a major donor? Yeah. So, I mean, one school told me a major donor was coming to their campus and they were going to have this whole event and they had just emailed the report ahead of time. So they had it. I think your idea is fantastic because they're going to have that face-to-face time with major donors and showing it on an iPad or a computer is a great idea. I would assume that's being done. I have also heard, though, that sometimes, you know, a printed version is is, is needed. Sure. I mean, when I, when I started this company, I thought, well, that's great, but that's not what we do. And I heard so much demand saying, well, sometimes we need it. So now you click a button and there's your PDF. So oh, cool. You got to roll with all those different options. You do because you've got to, it gets back to the personalization. If a donor wants to sit in their living room with a piece of paper, then you better make sure that they can sit in their living room with a piece of paper. Right. That's like thinking about how they're used to giving. If, if that one donor writes a check every year and they are not going to go online, then you got to think about how you're going to steward that separately than everybody else. And that's okay. Josh, the most amazing thing that I'm finding that everything you described up until this point is available today. That probably wasn't available a couple of months ago. So would like to know if, you have any insight on what the future trends or maybe the potential developments in AI for donor engagement are as you look for the next couple of months or a year out? Yeah, I think that you hit on it before. I think it was you, Troy, with more personalization when you're asking me about how personalization kind of plays into that. So how do you take something like um, story race campaigns and then add personalization levels and then, you know, I, there's there's other things right along these lines that that we're thinking about when it comes to other technologies that 
are all about that back and forth communication with the donors. And that's really where, where we're focused on improving it. It's fun to create this. And, you know, especially in a place we, we all really care about and have a background in. Yeah, that's great. I love everything that you've talked about today and going to reserve the right to invite you back on the podcast to keep <laughs> on top of some of these advancements and the advancements that your company is making. Would like to know if you have any quick tips that you can offer that someone would be able to move a brick with right away soon after listening to the podcast. I would say that it's it's never too early to to plan and not to be afraid to think a little bit bigger. So I think getting back with your team and thinking about how you can make your next report that you usually make, you know, more engaging, more interactive, think about think about web-based reports if it makes sense for the donor base and in regards to thinking bigger, there's all types of other reports and campaign touch points that you can work on throughout the year, letting technology help you. So it's not always about taking on more, but using that one thing you have and maybe duplicating it for different use cases. And there's partners out there that can help you, you know, think it through. I mean, not just me, it's you, Troy, it's you, Bart. We could, we all say like, hey, have fun with this type of stuff. So we all like talking about it. So yeah. it's nice to lend a hand. Great. Josh Klingman, co-founder and CEO of StoryRaise. We appreciate all of the advice and the heads up on what AI is bringing to us that you've offered today on the podcast. If anyone would like to reach out to you after hearing this episode, what would be the best way for them to reach you? Best way to reach us is, reach us is to um, just to visit our, uh, our website at storyraise.co. And you can see everything that we talked about there. Thank, so thank you. you very much, Troy and Mara. This has been a pleasure. Oh, I love the podcast great. and it's great chatting with you guys today. It's, all, it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure and really learned a lot. Thank you. I'm very excited for what AI is doing, have been, and you've made me even more excited. <laughs> Bart, would love to know what your final thoughts are. Yeah, just a couple of things. I think that, I think obviously we've talked about AI. We've talked about, you know, some of these new digital tools. We've talked about the way that Story Raise has their yearly tool, their campaigns tool. They've got all these tools. I think it comes back down to realizing and, and taking a break and saying, there are a lot of tools out there. I mean, a lot of times I'll go back and tell people like, hey, if you hired somebody to, to put an addition on your home and they showed up with a bucket of nails and a trusty hammer, you would question their ability. My fear is that too many times as higher ed marketers, we still approach doing the annual giving report or the year-end campaign or capital campaigns the way we did them 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And we always just look at it and say, well, we just get the team together. We put the, you know, the graphic designer, we map it out, we do this. And eight months later, we got our annual report and we're ready. I would, I would really challenge you to look at all the different tools that are out there because you, really what you're doing is just pulling at your bucket of nails and your hammer and approaching the same project and you're doing it, it's taking a lot longer, it's costing a lot more, and it's taking a lot more in your resources and overhead. Look at what tools are out there. So it's kind of like, you know, now all of a sudden you've got pneumatic nailers over there and you can grab a nail gun and boom, 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 you've got a wall up in a fraction of the time that you would have with these hammers. That's what AI allows you to do. That's what tools like Yearly allow you to do. That's what tools like campaigns allow you to do. 
make sure you understand the tools that are out there before you start your next project, because I think we're too quickly just to wrote, go into the same process and do the same thing over and over again. And I know there's comfort in that. People like knowing that we're just going to do it like we did last year. But I really challenge you to stop and take a look at it. I think Josh has brought up a tremendous amount of number of tools, ones that obviously StoryRaise has, but there are other tools out there. Just make sure that your toolbox has the most current tools available. There's so many in this specific space too. So I'm glad you brought that up, Bar. My favorite or coolest new tool I came across for the higher ed space is called Givesy. And Givesy allows uh, fundraisers to create digital gift agreements between their team and the donors. Wow. So it kind of tracks people that promise to give. I think that's just a challenge it's sometimes. It, and that's great. It's tools you need, right? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot out there, right? It's Givesy dot com g-i-v-z-e-y dot com givesy if you just google givesy you'll you'll find that digital gift agreement platform and i i think it's a great you know great addition to you know higher ed fundraising teams awesome excellent and thank you thank you both for that also thanks to rob conlin and his team at westport studios for getting us up sounding good and looking good each and every week the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast is sponsored by Kaler Solutions, an education, marketing, and branding agency, and by Ring Digital, the ad targeting people, precisely and accurately serving ads directly to the handheld and household devices of inquiries you currently are sending mailers to. On behalf of Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. The Higher Ed Marketer is a production of Kaler Solutions and Ring Digital in partnership with Westport Studios. Views and opinions expressed by guests on The Higher Ed Marketer are their own and may not reflect the views and opinions of their organization. Know someone who's a mover and a shaker in higher ed marketing? Visit www.higheredmarketerpodcast.com and click on our Contact Us page. We'd love to have you tell us about them. Until next time.